Hey, NoosaCast listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the NoosaCast with friends or follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram. Now, let's get this show on the road. You got to love it so much that when you hate it, you still love it. And that only makes sense to those that go through that grind. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. All right, NoosaCast listeners, we are stepping up to Thanksgiving week and having our Thanksgiving episode, which happens to be episode 21. And, uh, you know, we keep plugging along like we keep saying every single week. And we hope you're enjoying things. Uh, you hope you're enjoying some of the conversations we're having. But uh, this week, we, uh, we, we're we going to talk some football, right? Right, Joe? Well, why not, Tosh? Thanksgiving and football, I think they're, they're, they're one and the same. And I agree, Tosh. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. It, it is my favorite holiday, I, w- I would say. You know, obviously, yeah. I love Christmas and, and that. But Thanksgiving, man, it's all about eating and it's all about family it's all about football and and we've got a great you know we, we specifically wanted to put nick nick psalm on on thanksgiving it's it's you know it's a football day and whether you you have time in the morning or evening sometime over the weekend when you're in line shopping take a listen nick's nick's story is incredible because he started he 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 saw a problem at, at, at middle school football and he completely revamped it um it's incredible what what he did, and it's worth a listen. So, I think it's uh you know let, let's be thankful for Nick and what he did, and let's be thankful for football. Yeah, and you know football is always a a topic this time. You know we get the Packers playing Thanksgiving, so yeah. uh, you know after you're done listening to the newscast, you can tune into the Packers and see him take on the Lions, which is always a uh, it's always fun when your team is playing on on Thanksgiving. Um, but we just had a whole bunch of state championships seven of them in fact uh just happened last weekend down down in madison state championship we had two teams that uh from the area that that made it down yeah both both wrightstown and luxembourg casco tough tough teams tough division both those teams play outstanding but i tell you what the uh the teams they went up against were, were, were tough. Uh, Lacrosse Aquinas, yeah. uh, Wrightstown played played them, and yep. Laquanas Aquinas won. The, you know that this is Division Five. They won their third straight uh, Division Five yeah, state title. It really is. And you know Wrightstown gave it, gave it a hell of an effort. They they were up thirteen nothing midway through the first quarter, and then then Aquinas came back mm-hmm. before unanswered touchdowns. The game was over. Um, and then, then, then after the Division Five game, Lodi uh, took on Luxembourg Casco in the Division Four. And, right. Well, let's just say Lodi is a perfect fourteen and zero, tough, just and yeah. dominant team. Finished four hundred eighty-eight yards in total offense. Um, yeah, it's tough to compete against that. It, it really is. So I'm getting these stats from from the AppleinSportsPage.com, and and you know we we uh, we haven't talked about it much, Tosh. We, we we don't even have to talk about it much here, other than to say that there is a Fox Valley recap, and when we quickly just recap, kind of what happens each weekend with some of these yeah. interesting stories. But I want to share one more. It's it's on that episode. But this I thought was such a cool story. 
so in the Division Six game, there was a, a kid by the name of, of Lorenz Plattner. He's a German foreign exchange student. He's never played American football before this fall. This kid kicks a 32-yard field goal with no time remaining. He plays for Stratford. He wins the game 10 to 7 over at Darlington in the Division <laughs> Six final. Camp Randall, the kid, foreign exchange yeah. student, comes here in the fall, never plays football before. Kid just freaking bombs a 32 yarder in Camp Randall, and they, Stratford wins. That's awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, the Tigers, the Stratford Tigers, that was their second straight title. Um, that ties. I mean, we all are familiar with St. Mary's Springs. Um, that That's just a legendary program. Well, uh, you know, Stratford has the same number of titles, and that that's nine state yeah. titles. It's just unbelievable. It's the, the, incredible. The teams. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always fun to recap that. And we're moving into, uh, into winter sports now. So yes. I know hockey's kicking up. But obviously, I know that. And uh, Fox City Stars are heading to Sheboygan, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the uh, Kyle uh, Neuer, Neuer Memorial Hockey Tournament that Sheboygan puts on. Fantastic tournament. Uh, we got our JV and varsity both playing some games, um, and they do a great job there in Sheboygan. It's actually the 19th annual tournament. So um, great memorial to that young man, and uh, they continue to, to do that. But hockey's kicking up. We got basketball. We got wrestling. Um, lots of things we're going to talk about over the following um following weeks and throughout the winter and like we like you said joe you can always catch those recaps and you can always go to appletonsportspage.com uh, to get articles about your local favorite team as well yeah paul does a great job I, you know it's a great follow on facebook um is, is the best way to follow he has daily stories it's it's like reading it just like you remember reading a newspaper article it's exactly that's how how it's written um you, you can follow any of the five appleton high schools he, he kind of tailors his coverage towards them right now um but you get a lot of you get a feel for everybody by following it he does a great job and, and, and you're right up to date no no question about it i know you you have something you want to talk a little bit about joe though you know, I I know we've had a long open here already for us, but my daughter Amelia is part of the Appleton North uh, Theater Program, and this is my first experience with that. Both my boys have been sports boys. You know, everybody knows I've officiated. I mean, my whole world has been sports. I've always low-key loved the theater. My, mo my mom kind of taught me that, gave me love of it, but I've never really been involved in it. My, my daughter is nothing but theater. I tell you what, this North, you, you, you hear about how great the program is. I've been to some of the musicals. They've been incredible. But to actually just sit there and, and have a vested interest, I was just blown away. And and, and she she started this summer with the Shakespeare program. That, that was absolutely in, insane. Um, they just finished competing in, in the one-act uh, state finals they, they they won their 25th in a row i i, I actually talk we, we talk a little bit more about it in, in an old look at news so I, so I won't bore you with the details right now but suffice it to say an incredible run but more than anything the talent of these kids i mean you and i focus a lot on the sports i mean that, that that's what this show is about for sure is every bit as good as those athletes are these performers and actors are every bit as good on their level and in their athletic ability they're just just their ability and they're no fear i mean i just blown away about just the freedom they feel on, on the stage and then yeah you know ron parker is just legendary and 
I don't know. I'm so impressed. I just, I, I guess I want to shout it from the mountaintop that if, if you get a chance to go see anything, Appleton North, Renaissance has, has Rent coming out uh, yep. soon in December. You know, that that's going to be a fantastic show. There's just such great theater in this area. And it's it's super inexpensive. It's kid appropriate. You know, it's something to do. And I, I can't stress enough to check that out. It's so, so worth it. If you ever had a love for theater, check one of these shows out it's it's not like your elementary school thing this is this is, this is big time you know yeah it's not your, it's not your christmas program <laughs> right right um, at your at your sunday school uh, th- yeah they do a great job we have some great theaters in the uh in this in the area here um and you can always check something out whether it's you know brilliant or kakana or kimberly or appleton uh, there, there's plays going on all over the place. And if you've never checked one out before, you've never been to a play, uh, go check it out. They do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you do go to Appleton North, they do have a campaign for a, a lighter stage campaign. They're, they're looking, I mean, that, that school is 25 years old. Tosh, you work in the school system. You know it takes forever to upgrade anything. And whether it's a science wing, whether it's an athletic field, whether it's a theater, and they Appleton North specifically needs needs lights, and they're worthy of the lights for for the hard work that they put in. Appleton North Theater, the donate page, it's it's, it's pretty simple, and it's great use of your money. I guarantee it. They're so close to the goal, they just need a little bit more. So please consider in the holidays. That would be awesome. Well, that's awesome. Um, I think we get the show on the road, and uh, wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, when you're sitting in your couch, listen to the newscast after you stuff your face with some turkey and stuffing. Yes. Uh, hope you enjoy the show. Well, Tosh, the goal of the NoosaCast was always to tell stories, to find people in, in northeastern Wisconsin, to explore their story, understand what they did, what they're doing. And, and we have exactly that today with, with Nick's song. We, we, we tell the story of... Nick's a longtime football coach. His, his brother Rob is the football coach at Appleton North. But Nick, almost 10 years ago, spotted a problem in the, at, the, at the middle school level, a disconnect in, in youth football between Pop Warner and, and getting to high school. And that whole level was missing. And Nick devised, developed a plan, completely revised football, took safety to the absolute paramount. And he was a one man and, and Kip Golden certainly helped, but just that vision, he was visionary. I, I always tell Nick he was entrepreneurial in, in this thing because it, it was just, he developed what middle school football is right now in the AYFA, the Great Lakes League. So really cool to talk to Nick, to understand, to learn his story. And I think it's very educational to the, to the folks out there to, to hear it. Yeah. You know, it, it was a, you saw a lot of programs, successful programs at the high school level, um, have feeder programs directly into them. And um, we see that now in Appleton. Uh, we see that now with the Fox Valley Saints as well, uh, feeding into Xavier and, and FVL. And, and it's fantastic. My youngest uh, was the first one to go all three years, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade with the Saints. And it, it's definitely made an impact on those programs. Um, just like it has in the Appleton programs. Yeah, no no doubt. That was Nick's vision, and it's what we set out to do, right, with this podcast is to have right. these exact conversations and cover these kind of topics. So sit back and enjoy, yeah. folks. And again, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. How was the Charger season? Let's start with that. Well, 
um, it, it's always great. We have great numbers, um, which is huge. Uh, the Rebels are way up on numbers. They look good. Um, West is still struggling a little bit. Um, I think they always will. Uh, they just have not had that uh, support from the top down. And yeah. I think Dom will bring that. Um, as you guys can imagine, he was drinking out of a fire hose. Uh, he's not a seasoned coach. Great guy. Um, and, and he probably will be the right guy. But it's just you're drinking through a fire hose until you figure all this stuff out. And then when you say your responsibility is varsity football or high school football, and then they say, oh, and by the way, you need to be supporting this middle school program too. Right. You, you're one person. You're writing, you know, the first you know, it's like when you're a teacher, that first couple of years writing, you know, your classes, you're writing everything for the first time. And then you just make subtle changes uh, as yeah. you, you keep going. Well, he's writing those first, you know, lessons. Absolutely. And you, you've you seen, I mean, numbers have been growing. I mean, you had a hand in, in the Saints program and yep. they had a huge increase in numbers over the last couple of years as well. Um, I think, you know, you're seeing the fruits of your labor of hmm. what you were expecting and what you were seeing. Uh, so I, I think going back, you know, what was the vision when you first started this out? When we first started, it was uh, 2014, 13. Joe and I's sons were uh, third graders. When we started looking into this and we go, they were going through the Pop Warner program, which, you know, mm -hmm. is, is one of the best around. Yeah. Um, and by the time they were in fifth grade, we're, you know, you, as parents, you're always looking forward. You're always looking, okay, so what is next year? And you'd look at all the better teams, whether it was a Kimberly community, you know, Pop Warner team or, or Kakan or whatever, they were going on to their feeder leagues and yeah. we were just going to keep playing each other. And so a lot of eyebrows, uh, you know, me as a football guy, one uh, there's uh, is Jamie Nelson. Uh, he said, I know what to do, Nick, and we all know it needs to be done, but there's really only one guy who can do it. It has to be a football guy that parents would trust enough to jump out there and say, we can do something different and better and be like everybody else. And so that was 2015. When, when we went to, to middle school, Tosh and I, when you, you know, 80s and 90s, what? Appleton Middle School, high school or middle school football was, was the thing, right? That was the powerhouse. That, that that was great coaching. Everybody played it. Great games. That was football. You, you go to yeah. the time that you're talking about, and it wasn't like that. It isn't like that. Appleton, Appleton didn't play the Ninas, the Kimberleys anymore in a, in a, in a schedule. They, they pretty much only played themselves. And there was a real disconnect there yeah. for two years of football for these kids coming out of pop warner transitioning to high school that middle year those two years it was not very good football yeah i would say that's accurate joe so what had happened was you know when when in the 1900s when we played um <laughs> football that, the middle school football program was the fba yes yeah. we, we played the Oscars. we played you know and we played each other because we were big and that, I mean, that was great competition because it was the FEA. So then what happened, they built North High School, and then someone said they could save an awful lot of money now that we had so many teams in Appleton that you didn't have to travel. You didn't. So they, they watered it down intentionally. They decided that they were going to just do middle school football within the city. And 
I don't think their intentions were wrong. Uh, you know, I, they, I think everybody has good faith and intention, but you didn't think of what would happen. And when our kids were coming up in 2016, we looked at it and, and we were, okay, so if your kid played quarterback, which neither of ours did, but if your kid played quarterback and that is the position where you really need opportunity, you need to start learning how to see the field and command and all those things that a quarterback does. And in the middle school league in Appleton at the time, he may have played two and a half total games of football in the middle school season. And anybody would tell you that's not enough. And so our kids were shortchanged. They'd come to freshman year and they wouldn't have anywhere near you know, the opportunities given to her, the, the confidence built and the, you know, very candidly, you ask how the Chargers season just wrapped up. It's the same thing, right? It's the, well, we had a bunch of kids with a whole bunch of experience that they could make the mistakes and learn from them. And so they don't do it later on. And then, you know, the other part of that is, is when you don't get experience and, you know, I'm a huge component of this whole safety bit. Okay. And so we're always so nervous about, you know, safety, and when your kids don't know football because they didn't have much experience when they, you know, it, it's, it's a safety issue because they're now going bigger, faster, stronger, and they're running into guys and they don't know where they're going because yeah. the other guys do. So now it's a safety issue. And well, why did you have, so when we started the AYFA, uh, the previous year before the AYFA, we had, or they had 14 concussions at the middle school level. And we added how many more kids and we had one in one year. That was the difference. Now we had a lot better equipment because we went out and bought good stuff. And, but we played more football, a lot more football and injury, bad injuries were actually down. My youngest has come through the saints. He was the first one to go six, seven and eight. Uh, my oldest son played when Kimberly, I mean, uh, FBL and Xavier just combined for like seventh and eighth grade. And one of the big things is what you just brought up is the fact that you guys are teaching football and coaching football as coaches all around this entire organization, um, safety, how to tackle, how to do things the proper way. Um, And not that in middle school, you know, there wasn't that, but um, you guys are making it a priority. Right. And I think that's a huge part of the good things you guys are doing. Yeah, it is. Tosh, I don't think anybody ever, no coach ever set out to get anybody hurt, but there definitely was not the the proper coaching at at all. I mean, Nick, and this is probably the perfect time to speak to it. One of the, probably the most impressive numbers that come out of the AYFA and now really the Great Lakes as a whole, that, that league is the concussion numbers. I mean, I think you said 14 concussions coming into before the AYFA was, was started. You know, that's mm-hmm. in a, you know, in they're playing half the amount of games and you have 14 concussions that that's astronomical. The emphasis right off the get go, the biggest budget item with the AYFA was helmets. I learned more about helmets sitting around shooting the bull with you than I've ever learned in my life, but you took it very serious and you, you, a hundred percent addressed the concern of safety in football. And it started with the helmets. And in, in, in another take on that is we were at a really interesting time with football. 
we were under attack. We were we weren't doing things well. We were, you know, go back to 2016, and you had these knockout hits, and we were celebrating all the wrong stuff. And then CTE came out, the movie came out. We were under attack, and so, and traditionally, and I, I learned a lot. Um, and the neat part of what you learned was that the the difference on how to solve and fix things isn't the NFL coming out and saying, hey, we're making all these rule changes. We actually had to organically start it at the youth level. They partnered with USA Football, and then they started changing how we how we talked. Now, you think about a back in our day, right? You know, put a hat on them, uh, right, right shoulder tackle, you know, the, uh, all the things we used to say, they incorporate the head. But if you change the language and just a simple word, like if you a right shoulder tackle, now you think about your shoulder tackle and how you got to lean down, bringing your head with the tackle to bring your shoulder to the tackle. Now you switch the, the term shoulder to chest and you just remove the head just by changing one word. And so now you're teaching the chest. Now you actually then need to have them start putting their hat on the other side of the carrier and then doing a twist and teaching the kids how to twist tackle. Now, when we were playing back in the day, twist tackling was dangerous and you didn't do it. But then when you teach it now this hawk roll tackle, nobody's getting hurt. Like they're both learning how to fall. And I never would have thought this, but I teach, and I'm a coach, a varsity football coach at the for running backs. And we actually talk constantly when a quarterback's running, when the running back, we teach them how to fall. Because how many injuries actually happen from the ground? Most head injuries are actually from the ground. Right. They're whiplash. Concussions, And so when you just make all these changes and then you preach that you're doing it for a reason, the best ability for any athlete has always been availability. And if you're available, you're great and an asset to your team. If you're not available, then you have to make changes. And so, yeah, it, you know, there's been some wonderful people, but the, the, the stuff that's out there to help all of this is unbelievable. Like the USA football is just, my, I, I don't know, they're in, the NFL takes a beating, but they fund it. They, they fund all of it. And, and so they are trying, they have, and we need advocates down at the levels where we were and in, in Appleton, Wisconsin. So when Pop Warner, I was their first safety director, and this was, again, I think our kids were third and fourth grade. And they said, hey, we're going to adopt this USA football, take a look. I must have given five, six clinics. And I committed, I told them, and they said, we want about 70 to 75% of coaches all to be certified heads up, trained coaches to teaching kids the new style of safety tackling and blocking. And so I said, well, why would we let 25% off the hook? What do you mean? Well, it's not attainable. And I said, well, it is if you demand it. You can't coach if you don't get certified. And it was a pain back then. It was like four hours. I mean, it was it was long. But you went through it. I learned a ton. And then, you know, you never you always think, oh, I know I coached 20 years. I know I know it. you don't know squat. I mean, that you, you I forget more each year than um than I than I learned today. But back in the day, I learned everything. I mean, everything was so fresh and new. And with with that first year, we got 100% certified. Again, I was in the pavilions giving these clinics. And uh, we, we came to our winter meetings and a couple of the uh, board members had gone down to the national convention. I think it was Houston, Dallas or Houston. And we got nationally recognized because we were one of the first organizations to get 100%. 
And I thought, wow, okay, well, you know, all we did is demand and, you know, parents, they're parents. So they're going to, they're not going to let semantics take away from their ability to coach. They're just going to go do it. They'll find time. And they do. And they have, they always have. But then when, once we got control and started the AYFA, then, you know, as Joe said, uh, we, we took every liberty to find out the latest and greatest. You know, when Zenith first came to the market, they changed it. Uh, Zenith helmets, we had three stud football players. You guys might remember Steve Likefis, uh, Vinny Biskupic, and um, uh, it was uh, middle linebacker Kobe Knuth. These were returning all-state players. These guys were in – Vinny had had a concussion the year before, and uh, Likefis carried the ball 900 times a season. Um, Kobe Knuth – was known for breaking face masks. I mean, the guy hit so hard that he was an outstanding middle lineman. So we got three Zenith helmets and they were like 550 a piece, which that was 2009 maybe. Uh, and they're super expensive, but we got three and we put them on those three guys. And all of them went through the whole season without an injury. And we talked about, so they had these shock absorbers all over in the helmet. Yep. It was unbelievable. And these things were, it was a totally different way of, of doing, of building a helmet. And so what it did is like anything, you know, folks like to complain that, you know, well, Kimberly and, you know, Kimberly made the FBA better because they're so good. They do everything. They do so many things well. And they, and, and they, you know, the, the rewards are, they work, those kids work as hard as anybody. They did, you know, there's a, uh, the, but, but that system, they, you know, the, Kimberly does, and they made the FBA better. They made North better. They made everybody better because the, that, you know, that was harder to get to where they were good for them. Well, in the helmet world, Zenith came in and shocked everybody. They said that we're going to do it totally different. And everybody got better, and and then helmets got safer, and then a few years ago, Vices comes out, and they did it totally different. And now uh, it, this is brand new, and and it probably won't be released for a little while. Clint Brightman's probably all excited that I'm gonna say it, but Zenith is coming out and redoing it again. Like they are going to shock the whole helmet world again. And I got to see the prototype; it's unreal. It's awesome, and our kids get the opportunity to put these things on their heads and make the game safer. I mean, there's some really neat stories out there. You know, I'm talking to the Zenith folks a lot and that's a cool helmet. It's a, but what they're doing and they're trying to revolutionize it again. The new ones now, I, I like the ones almost with the embedded face mask are, are pretty sick looking, aren't they? I, I don't even know who makes them. I don't think they're a Zenith, but. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, you know, so when you see you see that on big college and you see that on um, uh, NFL, and those aren't available to the regular <laughs> world. And you know, even when you see a, a, an F7 shutout there and Aaron Rodgers wearing it, the guts really aren't an F7 shut. You know, yeah. they're they're you know they're customizing that helmet and making it great and doing things, but. Um, yeah, I, well, my son, I've always put my son in the, what I considered the very best. Uh, you know, some dads think that it's smart to spend $500 a year on a bat. Uh, I think it's smart to spend $1,000 once. Uh, so, and he wore that same helmet for four years, wore it in the All-Star game, and now it's retired. But that Vice's helmet was awesome. And, you know, he interesting thing is, is he, we, he wore that in the cold games. And guys would complain about the cold helmet. He never complained because how that 
technology works, he was comfortable. He wanted to leave his helmet on. So, yeah, that, that, you know, the, there are really some amazing stories out there when it comes to equipment. And Zenith now with their new shoulder pads, I mean, they got shock absorbers built right into them. And um, then I got a funny story about shoulder pads if you want to listen to it. It's, um, hey, we love equipment. Oh my gosh, it's the coolest story. So my son gets uh, an AC. Actually, Cal Martini got it first. He gets an AC strain in his shoulder and he, he's going to have to sit. And I had this weird device back in college when I had an AC injury myself. And, um, and I'm just kind of thinking, well, what were they doing? What did, let's, let's take that a step further. It was like a giant Lego, like one Lego. And it this had a knob on it and it had these straps and you put these straps and you know, trying to keep it in the, in the right spot. And so I went and went to my dad, my dad's an old farmer. Um, he, and he's kind of one of those, uh, you know, those, the, you know, he's, he's a magician when it comes to, you know, oh, we'll just put a mechanism on, we'll do this. So I went to him and I grabbed some old shoulder pads, some delt, deltoid pads, cut them all off. And, and we went down in his basement to, to the Papa Sam workshop. And I said, here's my idea. And so we took these delt pads, which is kind of like a kidney bean shape. It's got padding underneath and it's rigid um, plastic on top. And it, we took a hole saw and dr drilled it right through the middle. And then we opened that up and we put one of those shock absorbers in it and then put a rigid top on it. And then I used a bunch of athletic tape to fit this thing together. And then the first one, we did a bunch of strap shoulder pad, the elastic straps, and we strapped this thing all on. We put it on Cal Martini and it was hard to keep it in the right spot, but it worked. It deferred around that AC joint and it didn't hurt him. So he was able to play. So then we went back to the workshop again when my son, when Brock hurt his shoulder. And I said, well, Cal's struggle, we got to get better, dad. And Cal's struggle was he he had this uh, um, this pad moving around. And so I'd always, I'd be digging in his stinky stuff and moving that pad in the right place. So with Brock's, we did the same thing. We created a shock absorber, put it in there, taped it all up and and then we put zip ties on it and we actually zip tied it in place into his shoulder shoulder pads and so it didn't move around and uh, funny story so you know and then brock played the whole season with it and no problems and so you know you look at well this season uh, uh brock aren't hurt his shoulder in uh the scrimmage he was going to be out two weeks to start the season he comes up and he goes you got a you got an AC pad thing or whatever. and I'm like yeah my dad and I'll fit you with Brock's or we we grabbed one and we put it in there and he said instantly he felt nothing he was able to play he was out two weeks and he was able to play right away and we put that pad in there so I talked to Zenith I've been talking to Zenith about coming out with a line of accessories to help with certain injuries and so on and so forth in their pads. Uh, we are also talking, working on uh, potentially, I, I don't, I'm signing with Zenith um, to work with them, but um, actually creating a helmet that has a custom fitted guardian cap because we've seen the reduction of concussions just by um, wearing guardian caps in practices. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I said, why don't we do a custom guardian cap for your helmets and you buy two in one. Right now we're paying 50, 60 bucks for a guardian cap to add to a helmet. Um, and it's universal, but it doesn't fit perfect. What if you had a 
a $40 option to add to your helmet sale and you actually came with a guardian type cap and it fit custom. And so we're working on a couple things with them, but yeah, I'm a nerd about equipment, but it's funny when you get Papa Sam down there and we get, uh, we were able to build the, if you saw them, you'd just laugh your butt off. You're like, what did you guys do? And they're cool. You guys, uh, you started using the guardian caps at North and then did that filter down to the uh, youth program? Yeah, so the it was a donation at North, and one of the parents okay. uh, came up and said, you know, why are they using them up there and we're not here? And I'm like, well, do you know how much they are? And he goes, well, how much would it take to put them on all the chargers? And I said, probably 6500 bucks. And he goes, all right, I'll write a check, get them ordered. That's, how, that's wow. exactly what happened. And, and we've had great parents all the way through. You know, when we started the AYFA and we decided to do it, uh, we came out of a Pop Warner meeting and they weren't going to endorse what we were doing. So we, uh, when we decided to do it, I looked around at Kip Golden and, and some other, uh, Joe, you were probably in the room. And we said, we literally don't own a single piece of equipment. We don't have uniforms. We don't have anything but an idea at this point. I'm actually going to get back to your original question, Joe. We did, a, I did a seven page proposal. Um, and it, and it, and it originally included the Appleton saints. And so or actually, I think it was your question, Tosh, but we, so it, it was a seven page we pitched. I, we put it out to some parents and the parents, we had 110 parents show up to this idea meeting. And, uh, so then it was like, oh gosh, there's a real want and need from the parents to, to do something different at the middle school level. Um, started talking to Peter Cotts. Uh, they weren't ready. They weren't close. They didn't have the support from yeah. Xavier at the time. Uh, but when Seth y Yeager came in, that changed. Yeah, That guy's awesome. And so the support with Peter, then Seth driving from FBL, uh, then we were able to put that together. Uh, but yeah, the Saints were involved. Uh, it, you know, we said it all the time. It was all about Appleton. Because when I started this, it was going to, you know, the, the whole idea was when we sat down, it was we were just going to start the chargers mm -hmm. and, and what good would that actually do for our city to have the more affluent area take off and do something and not be supportive of the other, you know, it's just, to me, it seemed, I don't know if the term would be selfish. I think it's close to that word, but it, but it just, it felt so wrong and we wanted to start the chargers and we were going to, and we did. Uh, and then we were going to start the Tigers and the Rebels and Kip Golden started the Rebels with six players and we were begging and, and trying to get kids to come out. And then I, I don't know how many he ended up with, but they got a season and it was tough. They had six graders playing up and, uh, they were kind of a hybrid with the eighth grade. But then when the, when it was so successful, we actually went in front of the Appleton school board. And they had eighth grade teacher uh, coaches in there. They had the high school head coaches. They had everybody in the room. Andy Shanky actually went to uh, the board and started it. And he just said, listen, uh, this, um, there's one subject matter expert in the room right now when it comes to middle school football, and it's Nick. And here's the deal. Um, if we don't listen to him, he's offering an olive branch to us right now, and we're, we should be grateful. But if we don't listen to him, we won't have football at the at the school level anymore because he does it better. If I had a kid coming through right now, he'd play for Nick's 
and the way Nick's doing it versus what we're doing in the middle school. So I think you ought to listen to it. And they did. They listened. Um, they, it was a really great meeting. Um, we had three middle school coaches quit that day from the district. And um, and then we created the hybrid. And now it's, I mean, it's a well-oiled machine. I'm actually going to be talking to Green Bay School District to help them maybe do the same thing because they have three clubs up there, but they're not feeders. They're just clubs. They're old, old school clubs. And so they're, um, we're going to be talking to the district because they want to hear about what we did because our numbers are growing like crazy. We broke the record, our old record for the most kids in our, in the AYFA. I think we were around 335 uh, this past season. So they have the, they have St. Phillips, which has done a really nice job. They have Alloway and then they yep. have St. Joe's. And then they have their middle school programs and they fight each other all the time. And really it should be about the kids, but it's adult adulting gone wrong. Right. Um, what are you trying to preserve? I don't, I don't get it. They could do it a lot better and hopefully they do. You know, what, one of the things I, I wanted to touch on it and you briefly mentioned it, but it, it's important. And I think it's a lesson really that each group that, that, that runs the AYFA should remember when you and Kip started this, your message was loud and clear always that it was always one for all and all for one. It wasn't just a charger thing. Even though you said this initially, the initial idea was let's just do it as a charger, you quickly saw that that didn't make sense for the betterment of football, for the betterment, even selfishly for the betterment of Appleton North football. It was much better to start the AYFA under this uh, where everybody was together. And you, th you two absolutely made sure – that that was the case, and it was always the case. Whether it was ordering socks, or there was or whatever the case was, it was a hundred percent equal. And then you 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 did that same thing with Peter and the Saints, and and you've you've helped Hortonville, you know, get started and and do their same thing. And you know whether those groups follow the same model, I'm not sure, but they were taught that way. And to me, people have to remember that lesson. That that's the true lesson in this. You should be admired for that. That that to me is one of the greatest things out of this whole entire story is that message. Yeah, I appreciate that, Joe. And I think it was it felt right. And I and I think I think for any of us, if it doesn't feel right, you gotta make an adjustment. You gotta change, you gotta try. And when you said all about Appleton, that was, you know, um I, I think one of the, you know, there are times in life when you when when things kind of stop right they stop in time and when my son was a 10 year old i went to a, a little league meeting and steve peters was the president at the time and he said something that just it's i'm writing a book and it's actually this the the, the you know for youth coaches and it and it's because i changed as a coach uh that day that moment and the the coaches and the the leadership they're all adults right and they're all just bickering about ridiculousness you know and and so um he says guys if you could just think about what you're saying and if you could just focus your decisions and what that might look th look like through the eyes of those kids and when you when you talk when you when you're trying to make these this and when you're make sure that what you're saying looks right through their eyes and when he said it was kind of like well duh but nobody does that they don't they don't they don't think that what our actions are and what our words are and that that a 10 year old kid 
is drastically impacted one way or another. It could be bad, could be good. And so I sat and I thought, well, that's, and I've talked to Steve about it. And it was like one of those things that, you know, you go through life and then happens. And I thought, my goodness, if you could just teach coaches to say and do the right things. And so in this case, it was about equity. It's not the same at North. It's not the same at West and East. Those are not the same. It's not the same at the Saints with that co-op. And Hortonville is different, right? But the equity part is all kids. That's the, so when you start looking at, you know, do you, can you help us build a program in Green Bay? Can you help us at Hortonville? Can you absolutely steal everything I had? Me as a coach, is a compilation of stolen ideas. Every good coach has it. You're, you steal everything that's good. And that's how you get better too, is you keep stealing stuff. And you know, is stealing the right word? No, but that's what you do. You get these ideas. And so when you look at, you know, just we're talking about middle school kids and we were all trying to do what was best for them. And it's an equity thing. It's, are we treating all these kids the same? Yeah, yeah, everybody gets the socks. Why? Cause, duh, do you want, so we run, you know, we run these programs where we work with Red Smith uh, in, in their program, Every Kid Plays. And, you know, I was uh, part of the group that put that together and built that. And the whole idea was if Johnny and Timmy both want to play football, or basketball or soccer, whatever, and Johnny comes through from a different position. Parents, it's easy to get the 150 bucks or 200 bucks. Timmy doesn't, but they're the same doggone kid. Like they're, they're going to be the same teammate. They're going to go to the every, they're going to work. They're going to be friends. They want to play together. How do we get Timmy to not worry about that? And so we got to find ways. The every kid plays is, is a way where Timmy doesn't even know. He just signed up with Tommy or Jimmy. And then, you know, mom, might be the only one that knows. Coaches wouldn't know. That's the way to do this, right? Every kid gets the same opportunity. In, in football, it's great because you throw a helmet on and everybody looks the same. So the bigger kids look big yet. Just remember, Timmy and Johnny, stealing is wrong, but stealing is okay too. <laughs> yeah, right. Stealing can be all right. <laughs> right. Well, you bring up a good point, though, um, where you're the big thing is getting kids involved in something. And um, the more we get them involved, the more that they want to go to school, the more they want to attend, the more they're invested in their education. And, you know, and we've seen the news stories about the attendance issues in Appleton. Um, but when you when you get these kids and being a teacher, I see these kids when they're involved during their season, they're much more likely to do better in the classroom as well. And uh, then, then we get them out of season and we see a drop off, right. but that's where the coaches come in. And that's where some of the other auxiliary things come together um, right. that we get these continue to keep these kids in. So giving the kids the opportunity, I mean, that's, that's the big thing that you're talking about here. We're giving kids an opportunity to play. Yeah. That's the only important that, you know, so coaches can screw kids up too, but most of the time they don't. We, we have good coaches. Usually, if the, you know, there's a there's this fear of, you know, you got to get rid of the dads, right? You got to, they, 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 they shouldn't coach. Well, where are you going to find non-dads to coach sixth grade, seventh grade football, right? right. So let, let's be realistic. And if you find a couple here and there, they're probably going to coach for a couple of years, but it'll be hard as their lives get busier and, and so on. But um, 
dads can be great. And that's why I want to write this book. So, so the dads can say, how do I be a good coach? Yeah. And, and I wanted a simple read. It's only at like 35 pages right now. I don't know how long I'm going to make it, but it's just going to be here are the basic principles, right? Number one, to be a good coach, you just have to protect kids. I don't know if it's yeah. from you. I don't know if it's from another coach or a parent or another player or yourself. But you got to protect kids, and you got to look out for them. You got to see what's going on. You got to ask questions. Yeah, you had that. You had that test yesterday, Timmy. How did it go? Did it go okay? Didn't? Oh, okay. Well, you know, how how, how can I help? Yeah. Can we? How, you know, let's have a good. Pre- so, uh, talk to the kids, right? And so, um, I think it's important that you know the that the main thing they do is just always looking out for them right see it through mm-hmm. their eyes what do you think they're having a hard day they're having a bad day well something's more important right now than football so we got to help them and so uh, i i think that that's the biggest one is you know just yeah. and then the second thing i i think every coach every good coach should be a constant talent evaluator especially at the youth level, because these kids are getting better. They're learning. They didn't, they don't have a clue. And what, the second they buy in, you got to be ready for them. You got to get them on the field to do this or that. Give them a chance. Go fail. I don't care. But you got to constantly evaluate talent. And all good coaches know that. But at the youth level, it's so much more important because mm-hmm. how do you push them through your program? And so at the beginning of the year, you know, they didn't know what left and right was, but now they know left and right. But they also – you know, can make a difference with their team because they know it. And then, you know, and then the last thing is actually just teaching football, like teach them their level of football and progress them on and and make sure there's, you know, and that, and that includes the heads up stuff and the safe and all that. So you do those three things. It's really hard to screw a kid up. Just do those things and don't worry about wins and losses. I want to touch base on something that you started as well. Um, and it's the grid iron kickoff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What a great event that is. I, I know Ethan has got, got to play in it a few years and, uh, what a, what an amazing event. I, that's just an absolute blast. Yeah. Thanks. That was that, you know, Joe, I think we lost a lot of money on the first year we ever did it. <laughs> we, we were going to do it as a, we were going to kick off a season and just play a ton of games in Appleton. It just, it just didn't work for so many reasons that we didn't see. But Nick, we had um, a lot of tents. Did. We had so many tents. We had tents. We yes. did have tents. Uh, we had, we had great music. We had tents. Yes. We had, yeah. But, and, and we actually had beer. Um, <laughs> we did, but we, <laughs> we did. Uh, so the idea was is to celebrate football and at the same time we were going to bring in a ton of vendors and you know let them teach about all this equipment that we just bought and and you know help the programs because they'd get a chance to get educated with it and the 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 reality is is we couldn't only we could only play so many games and then we thought the teams would come back to one site usa um, youth sports and they didn't they didn't come only the ayfa teams came we didn't see that coming. They all jumped on the buses and went back home. And so the following year, we turned it into a scrimmage. And yeah. we said, we're going to help everybody. And we tried to do the same thing. We got a few vendors out there. But, you know, we found out that it was really a, it, you know, it's the it's the largest uh, youth um, football uh, event in the Midwest. I mean, wow. they, we, you know, we got... 2300 kids participate it's some through through the morning session and the afternoon session it's yeah it's it's a it's a really neat thing and um you know really we we 
turned it into an opportunity to help those teams get some fresh blood hits and to understand who they were and with nothing to, you know, no failure. Like it doesn't matter. Nobody wins a scrimmage. If you do, you're doing the wrong thing. And that event is a pretty neat use of space. So you you have USA Sports Complex. It's being used for something other than soccer, you know, so the AYFA and the soccer club work together uh, nicely. Josh Krieger has a family reunion and cooks about a billion and (laughs) five burgers and brats. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, volunteers um, coming together for that one event. And it really is. It's a great kickoff to the season. You you also bring up another point. Um, This organization probably can't run unless you have the volunteers. Yeah. And how, how, how do you get people invested into, you know, helping all kids, not just your kid, but all kids? Yeah. A lot of begging and crying. Um, no, we've, we've been very fortunate, um, and we struggle at times. Um, but you know, there are some people out there that just, they do the work of giants, um, you know, in the list, it's just, it seems like every couple of years, those names change and then they're the next star. <laughs> they, they just, uh, and we, I just came from a banquet. Um, the Chargers banquet was at five o'clock tonight and just the seeing the people stepping up and then kind of just watching that torch as it passed and looking at, well, who's the next one. And, um, you know, we, we wrote a, uh, Becky Salzman and Kyle Roy are kind of tweaking it and finishing it, but there's a standard operational procedure book or whatever on on Google now um, to kind of help everybody as you go through. But it is, there's so many moving parts. And then Rob uh, from the high school sends all his kids down to get all their volunteer hours and they help run game day, which is really helpful because those parents want to watch the kids play. Yeah. So for the most part, the high school kids run the game days. And I, I saw that over the past couple of years um, with the Saints at, at Xavier games or when the home games were at FEL. All those those players are there. They're announcing. Yep. And it's fun because they recognize younger brothers who they play with. And then they get excited into the mic. And yep. it's just it's a lot of fun. And it makes it a good experience for everybody. Everybody knows, you know what? We're here for fun. We're here because this is a sport. Right. And it's sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. Come on. Right. So uh, do you guys remember the Gomeracks sure. from Appleton North? Uh, one was a receiver, the older one, and then the younger one coming up. I think he was in eighth grade at the time, and the older one um, was calling the game, Tosh, to your <laughs> to, to your exa- And he was mispronouncing his own name like his brother's name. <laughs> and Gomerac, and, you know, and they're just having fun with it, and you're just and you'd see the kid look up like, come on, that's your name, you know, and it, it was a, it was a blast. And you're right. And, and to let those kids have fun with it and to they're hiding behind a mic and it's great, but they're, yeah. you know, you see them grow and they're yelling out touchdown, you know, and it's a, it's, it's a really cool thing to have those kids involved, but then give back. Right. I mean, they're giving right. back too. And then they're around them. They're, you know, the, so the next generation, so there's a, uh, Anthony Reichel is a, a eighth grader this year. His his brother, his older brother, played for me a couple of years ago, and um, he would come down to our running back meetings on Tuesday nights. And all of a sudden, Anthony started showing up with him. 
and just eating that up. Like, do you mind? I'm just going to sit back here. And he sat back in the room and he never said a word and just sat and listened to us just go through film and teach and teach. And, you know, now he's an absolute, he was a stud running back at eighth grade this year. Um, and, you know, we can't wait to get him up at North, but it's so cool. The brother stuff it's, but yeah, yeah it's, you're, you're right. And, and, and so the, this is where we were talking about Appleton West, right. And that's what Dom has to start doing those things. Yeah. And, and, and he will, I, 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 I believe he will, and he'll get that ship righted over there. And, and um, I'm hopeful that, you know, it's sooner than later. What does the future hold? I mean, as you look into the crystal ball mm-hmm. and you kind of look, you know, several years down the line, what, what do you see? Well, I'm very fortunate, Dad. Um, I have two awesome kids that are doing really, really well. Brock graduated and is on scholarship uh, at Augustana University. Uh, he, he's probably going to be redshirted this year, but uh, next year I'd like to travel and uh, go watch him play. He's a, he's a good football sure. player. He's a lot of fun. He's doing well. My daughter is applying all over, including Cambridge, um, and she wants to uh, do pre-law, which is uh, mostly a history major. Yeah. Um, and so she's just got uh, accepted to Auburn. She's looking at Virginia Tech, uh, North Carolina State, Tennessee. Uh, she's got like a list of 13. She's been really crushing it uh, with registrations and Good. letters and all that. So I, I, we're going to, we just got an accepted offer on a house down in Florida. Um, nice. And so we're probably going to be, you know, going back and forth there a little bit. It's a little investment, little, little personal. Um, but, uh, and so we're going to, you know, we're empty nesters in, in just not too long from now. And so, uh, we're going to go visit our kids cause they're spreading their wings. We couldn't be prouder and they're both excellent students. And, um, you know, it's, I never would have guessed I'd have a kid who, would play college football and kind of follow in my footsteps and then play at a much higher level uh, than I played even. Um, and so I'm really proud, you know, and, and I'm proud that he paved his own way more than anything um, because when he decided to play college football, I shouldn't have anything to do with it. And mm-hmm. I, and I didn't. And I think when it came down to me telling Brock, if you decide it isn't for you in the, in that year, I'm going to stand behind your decision to walk away whenever you walk away that you got to put yourself on the line out there and do what you do. That's got to be you because college football, I played it. It it will eat you up and spit you out so fast. You got to love it so much that when you hate it, you still love it. And that only makes sense to those that go through that grind. You know, he would, uh, he would get out of bed at seven in the morning. They'd eat as a team and then just this fall camp. And then, uh, he'd get back to his dorm around nine 30 in the evening yep. and that every yep. day. Um, and so yeah, that, that takes a special kind of between the ears to be able to do that. And he's killing it. He's, he's scout player of the week, almost every other week. And, uh, he's doing great. He's still growing. Joe, he's yeah. almost six three now. He's wow. probably in that two fifteen. He's a beast. But I, I'm probably getting him a lot more uh, street credit with his coaches than he knows because when he got nominated to the All Star, the uh, Wisconsin All Star game, uh, I got his huddle account, and so I got to watch practices and such. Well, it turns out that that's the same huddle account that they set up for Augustana, so I get to watch every practice. So on huddle which is the video 
playing as uh, the video um, teaching mechanism for all the schools. You can go in as an admin and you can pull down your roster and you can see how much film every kid's watching. Well, if I'm in his account, I'm probably logging a lot of minutes he's not, and he's getting credit for it. So, my little secret—I don't, well, I don't know. He—he he does know I go in and watch though. Huddle is incredible. It's—it's it's a great tool. Oh, it's amazing, and it's getting better and better too. It's the—you know—it's funny. You go from north, and we got maybe an end zone, maybe a, you know, tight and wide angle. They got drones. They got handhelds right behind the. I mean, they got for practice like they have like four different feeds going at the same time just for practice it's incredible what happens at college uh, but the other answer to your question Tosh that's personal um, I don't know that I can coach varsity football anymore uh, with that kind of a schedule if I'm going to be gone all yeah. the time so I may switch to freshmen which are done by Thursday or mm -hmm. I may hang it up for a little while and and see if I can do that it's 26 years now I've been coaching so it, it that <laughs> might be tough um, but as far as next, next for AYFA, so, um, I may or may not be stepping down as president. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying the last couple of years, but we'll, we'll see where we're at. I will never leave it in a bad spot. The last time I wanted to step down was 2020 and we had a pandemic and that was the time they probably needed me the most. And so, um, stayed on and that was a tough year for us and and we did an amazing thing we had 188 kids play um seven on seven football at that pandemic five five weeks of of working with the kids and then we kept training after that just offering it at usa we had kids coming all the way into december would come out to the fields and just we would and there was snow on the ground and and we were still running uh, what we call our nasa program now it's now it's for the youth it's called the factory mm -hmm. so yeah. and we just kept working with the kids because it was the healthiest thing they had in their lives instead of going home sitting behind a monitor right nick i think the eagles uh sing about your predicament in hotel california it's tough to leave isn't it or maybe you can never leave <laughs> I don't know. It's um, I'm kind of one of those that will just when those decisions are made, I just don't think that it's 100% about me, unless it's a health thing, right? And it right. isn't. And, and so uh, for me, I think I'm going to listen. And I think I'll know when it's time because I, 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 I hope they tell me. I don't want to be irrelevant. I don't want to be the guy who sits there as president and is so proud that they forget that that a, a good league should change often mm -hmm. and it should adapt and it should keep, I mean, I'm not talking about change the mission. I'm not talking about the philosophy or any of that, but parents weren't listened to when we started this. So if we listened to them and started it for those reasons, why would we stop listening to them? So if something else or more is needed, we got to be there to help them because as this continues to change, you know, we gotta we gotta stand in the way of of complacency and and and, and maybe you know if we if we get somebody in there at equipment and it isn't doing all the research and we start buying cheap stuff and kids start getting hurt, 
that's a huge problem. I, I don't think that'll ever happen, but that, I mean, you look at the, what could happen if we uh, aren't making these decisions the right way. Well, you speak to, I think, a greater problem that, that uh, every club, whether it's football, whatever the club is, it's that transition from, from group to group, because, I mean, you, you've stayed on longer as, as president really than, than, you know, Kevin Costalucky at Little League has been there a long time. The Pop Warner folks have been there a long time. But, boy, a lot of these other players turn over every couple of years. You know, Peter with the Saints has, has been there a long time. And, and and you guys have stayed on without kids in the program for a lot of years, which is admirable in its own right. But at some point, it's it's only fair to you guys to and girls that have put in all these time is, is to be able to move on with life. So, But that's... I know it weighs on you and it's difficult. I don't know what the solution is or what your thoughts are, but how do you find it? How, how do you transition? How do you put somebody in your place to, to keep that mission alive? Well, I, I think I'm part of the problem. Um, I think I've always been a guy that I, because I never sit on my hands, I just do it. And when I just do it and it gets done, everyone's happy, but nobody learns anything. And what I got to do is be able to delegate better. I got to be able to trust better. I got to be able to say, well, I'll teach you how to do this. But, you know, for example, I, you know, when it, when it came down to well, who pays the, who does the insurance? Well, I do that. And Josh Krieger stood up and said, why are you doing that? Like teach one, teach me how to do it and I'll do insurance. And then he took over and he did insurance. And it was like, well, that wasn't that hard. That's my fault. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust others to just get it done because when we started and then, and, and then it's a product of what you, what, what had to happen, we had few do all, and I didn't let anybody do it. I just would do it. And that's the only way it was going to work was to work till two thirty in the morning, writing a competition agreement. So we had it. And so if insurance asked, we'd give them a 34 page. I finished that competition agreement on the way to Jamaica on an airplane just to make sure we had it so I could turn it in for insurance. So we'd get it on time. This is, these are true stories. Like it, it, and I have to go in every year and update that competition agreement. So it's relevant because it's changed quite a bit since 2016. So, um, you know, but, but we had to have it as, and, and it was an extension of our articles and then all that, but I didn't even know what the hell it was. And our insurance was going to be gargantuan unless we could d- detail exactly what our league was. And so I sat and did it and I got it done on the airplane. And then when we landed, I got it in the Wi-Fi, and I was able to send it off and we got our insurance. And, but those are all that little thing. And that's, again, I had to do those things. Nobody else was going to pick it up and do it. And I did all the research. And when we did the pandemic, I did an 18 page proposal report to the County that we could pull off doing it. I didn't know what I was doing. And I, and, and so many people are afraid to fail today that they won't take those risks. And I think that's probably the most unique thing about me and Eric Hansen and Kip Golden and stuff, what we did here and you, Joe, you're a part of that and, and, and Sean Brokaw and, and others. And when we did that, it was, we were just going to make stuff up educate ourselves as we we're going and we weren't going to be afraid to fail because we what how we felt were kids were counting on us our kids in that case i mean it was our own kids that were but every all those kids were i was coached forever with those kids i coached before i had kids and then when i i, I coached that team from flag football when they were five all the way through uh 12th grade 
I coached those kids every single year, baseball, basketball, and football, all the way through. Uh, even when I was varsity coach, I was still coaching those guys. And so they're, you know, I always felt they were counting on me to do the right things for them. And they're probably all just starting to figure out what a lot of us did for them. And that'll be a cool moment when all of them come to realize some won't care. That's just kids. Tosh, you know that. Um, as a teacher, you know, there are kids that just don't care. But oh, yeah. Uh, um, but I think a lot of them do. And kids are kids are great. And um, I think if we could see through their eyes a little bit better, I think we would realize that things are, you know, um, that as adults, we got to do better. I think we fail more than the kids. And this is a good point. It's a question I wanted to ask a while back. Uh, you talked about, you know, as a coach, you know, you're, you're there. You're not as necessarily known for being a coach you're, you're there because you support your kids who who's a mentor for you when you grow up and you think back so many um my parents um you know words matter and my parents always had good words like they used i i knew who i didn't know who i was as a kid none of us did but when my mom would say you know you're really caring you care about others you, and when she'd, she'd say it, you'd go, huh, yeah, you really do. And it was reassuring, right? And so you kind of thought, oh, that helped me understand who I am. You know, when we go to off to college or when, you know, that, that, that's all about maturing and learning who you are. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and, I, and I think that that's, so my parents have been amazing. Um, my brother started coaching me when I was a sophomore already. So they've been, you know, my family's is still very, very close. So I've had a really great foundation. Um, it's always interesting when you talk to like religious converts and, you know, when, so I'm a cradle Catholic, right? And so um, when you talk to a convert, you're like, why did you go all in on Catholicism like later on? What? And then they start talking about your religion, like that you grew up with and you're like, Oh yeah, it is pretty cool. You know, you didn't even realize, right? So sometimes you just, you go blindly through life and, and then certain things hit you. But, um, I always find that, in, that intriguing there, but then football wise, man, I had some great experience. I started out as a little shoot jet and we had some dads that didn't have kids in the program. And there, there was a coach Hammond and coach, Shomer and I mean, they, they, we had uh, Hippus, we had some just awesome, they just loved, loved football. And it was just great. Um, and, and so, you know, and then, and then you go to um, the guys at Einstein, they were, they were awesome. And then the, and, you know, and then with Paul Engen, I mean, he's a, he's a legend. And, um, and then I went to Ripon with Ron Ernst. And, you know, he was a guy that, you know, I went at every level, I, I kind of ended up falling forward like it, the you know Paul Engen would never swear never say a swear word everybody knows that about him you know he can articulate without swearing and he does and I think that's a great way to coach and I think I, I I'm similar to that because of him and we have that philosophy on our sidelines at North High School and that's carried down from Paul um, it's not that way on most sidelines I mean, it's, there's a lot of vulgarity and it's not but I go to Ripon College and Ron Ernst is the same way coaches without you don't need to swear i mean that's you know if we're intelligent people we can choose better words right and so that that's just the way they do it but um i no i i, I think i have stolen from everyone like i i you know you read about you know um 
and sometimes you read the funny stuff, right? Is uh, um, legendary coach for uh, Florida State, um, Bobby Bowden. Bowden. So Bobby Bowden's lines. I mean, he he would say, you know what? Um, the difference with a big guy is uh, at the end of the game, your little guy, my big guy, um, they're dead tired. They played the game, so on. So and he said, but at the end of the day, my guy's still bigger. You know, it's like that's why I recruit big guys. You know, so it's just <laughs> right. It's so, but you hear all. You know, they, they, all of them say so many funny things. John McKay, notoriously, he was for the execution of his team. Still <laughs> 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 one of the greatest lines ever. Um, but no, I think I I think you, well, put it this way: you start. I've been fortunate to be around some guys where you just sit and listen. Uh, Craig Amit came into our program a number of years ago, and he came out of the uh, pedigree he was at Eau Claire, I think, or Stout, Stout. And, it, and he came through and all of a sudden he starts teaching us the West Coast passing game. How fortunate is that? Like he, he's yeah. literally teaching the concepts and here you are, you're just like, you can't write fast enough. You're putting everything down on paper and, and we still use it today. We get, we're, we're a blend of all different kinds of offenses and, um, you know, it's, you get the right people, you can really be scary. And, um, but yeah, I think I, mentor wise, I don't know, other than my parents, just making you a good person, right? And, and right. Realize how do you try to get to that, you know, perfect version of yourself, knowing you can never get there, um, are definitely the mentors, but, you know, football wise, tons of all of them. I've had, you know, what, why would you gravitate to somebody you don't like? Like when I hear yeah. some coaches talk, uh, I, I was on the sidelines for ESPN and, and, um, Ray Rhodes was the coach for the one year. I know why he got fired and it's gone. I mean, I never, I've never heard the F word used so often. It, I, and, and it was, it was unbelievable. You, you couldn't possibly fathom how many times that guy would drop an F bomb on the sidelines. And it was like, who would want to play for that? Right. So <laughs> there's plenty of examples of good and bad and, you got to gravitate towards the good ones and you hope you are, you hope, you know, when you're coaching, especially the kids in high school, their kids, uh, you got to hope that they look at you with respect. You know, yeah. the biggest thing about coaching, uh, especially at the high school level, but even down in third grade is trust works both ways. Mm -hmm. like you're going to get a lot more out of me if I trust you. And if I can trust you as a kid and they can trust me as a coach, first of all, only earning trust from kids, it's not easy. He brought that up though. The first thing you said is you, you've got to be more than just a coach. You've got to be there for them. And yeah. that's, that's where that trust comes in. So, yeah. yeah. And I like the fact that you said there's not one single person, there's bits and pieces of every single person. And that's a good testament to who you've encountered through, through your uh, journey as well. Yeah, very fortunate. Um, uh, just a lot of great people, and I won't mention the bad ones, right? Because I don't pay much <laughs> attention. We we run into those, and they're yep. good examples. And sometimes you just hope the kids didn't get tainted from it. Those are sad stories. Nick, maybe even the most important mentor, uh, and, and I don't know if everybody's aware, but I mean, the Psalms grew up on a farm, not not uh, what maybe a, a deep hill, Mary from from. Uh, from the north end zone at, at north, you can maybe hit the old Psalm property. Yeah. Um, yeah. But farm life and, and, you know, 
Tasha's wife, Melissa, grew up on a farm. I mean, that, that's a real thing. That's a real way of growing up. You learn just true life values, hard work being <laughs> being first and foremost. Yeah, well, you know what the term no means. <laughs> um, you'd get a rare yes. <laughs> uh, Dad, can I go to so-and-so's pool party? Whatever. No. Of <laughs> course to do. Um, but now they, you know, having a lot of brothers helped cause we did get to get out once in a while, but, um, yeah, it was, and I'll, t- I'll say as a player and, and I use this to the kids today, you know, what's your, why everybody's heard that. What's your, why, why are you here? Seriously. Why are you even here? Like you're dogging through practice. you you don't want to be here. You at you know, your body language and that, you know, all good coaches are body language readers and your body language sucks. I don't want to be here because it looks like you don't want to be here. What's the deal? Like, what's your why? I'm here. I don't even get paid. And I'm here. Like, I can tell you my why. And, you know, when I played, when I was your age, you know what my why was? I didn't shovel cow manure that day. <laughs> I didn't have to milk the cows. I didn't have to be at the farm and drive the tractor and do this. I, I, was, I was able, I got to play football. What's your why? Why are you here? And, you know, that, that was a huge why for me. I loved playing football. Cause the alternative was literally crappy. Um, but, but it also, you know, uh, the farm, how learning how to work before others, your age knew how to work is an unbelievable trait. You, you were well known as the hard worker, right? Um, but you know, it, it's also today parents and Tosh, I'm sure I'll hit home on this one, is parents go to bat for their kids in dumb ways right now. And it's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. And when I came home, so I was at Jets, I was a running back and a Mike linebacker in, at Jets football, eighth grade, seventh grade it was. And um, so I get to Einstein and I'm the new guy. And uh, well, I tried out for running back. I, I love running back. And Walter Payton was my guy and I was going to run hills like he did. And uh coach comes up, the offensive line coach comes up to me and he says, uh, Nick, you're one of the strongest guys we have on the team and you're tough. I want you to be our right guard. And I looked at him like, what? I'm a running back. Why would I play right? So I get home and milking cows and dad said, how would practice go? I said, dad, coach wanted, coach wants me to play guard. He said, and he's like, well, I don't want to play guard. I'm a running back. And he said, well, you'll play guard because he asked you to, and you're going to be the best damn guard on the team. And I'm like, so you don't care that I'm not playing running back? <laughs> you're like, what? you're taking his side? And so that was, that was the right message. And today it's the, well, I'll go talk to coach. Yeah, in – you know, I'll go talk to that teacher. I'll go talk to that Man. coach. I'm going to fix this for you. I'm going to, why would you fix something great? And so here's what happened. I went in and dad made me get over myself. And uh, I played guard and I don't know if I was any good. I really don't. But I learned so much about playing running back by playing guard. When they asked me to move back and go play running back because or running back out of her, it was Pat Blessing. He was a center. And um, I played running back, and I had two or three touchdowns and just killed it. But it was because I could see better. Like, I knew what the job was in front of me. And I it made me a better running back. And here, I was feeling sorry for myself. But thank God I had good mentors. I think my dad said, 
get over yourself. Be a good guard then. That's what your team wants. That's what your coach asks you to do. You know, are you gonna are you gonna tell your boss no someday? No, you're not gonna get away with that. And so, yeah, growing up on the farm, but it's also you know just dad, mom telling you the right thing. And I just it's, right. it seems to be happening less. I get parents talking to me all the time. The stories you two have both. I mean, Tosh was telling stories about teacher conferences, and Nick through the years we've had long conversations of unbelievably poor behavior. By parents, I mean, I just, I honestly don't know how you guys do it. I can certainly see why there's a shortage of teachers, shortage of coaches, shortage of officials, just because of that behavior. And Nick, you're right. It just doesn't make sense. And and your story illustrates it perfectly. That That's some of the reasons these days why parents get upset. Yet you, why get upset for something great? <laughs> it was great coaching. And then it was a great father son moment like I, I was mad and feeling sorry well how old was i you know 12. right he, he, it, was, it was time for him to be the dad and he did he did a great job and, I, and i'm grateful every moment it's like don't think you know everything and, and you know the hard part and I, and I hope you say the same tosh but the hard part is is 80 20. this yeah. is not many this is this is few ruining it for all and 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 it is those blowhards do ruin it they do but mm -hmm. there really are a lot of great ones and doing right. it well and doing it right it's just those other ones wear you out because they take right. so much more energy to deal with yeah. i don't know it's i think we've got to just focus on those 80s and, and absolutely less 20s and realize that you know there's there's so much that percentage of good is so much higher and i don't, I don't know what to do about the bad ones you kind of just you can't you can't take it personal and i know it's impossible yeah absolutely totally correct you have to focus on what is good and uh that gets you through the small part that is actually the bad so right sometimes you can't just snap your fingers and all the <laughs> bad ones go away <laughs> just, right <laughs> so yeah, exactly but yeah I, yeah coaching that that part of coaching i've been pretty fortunate um but it, we do have them. I mean, there are parents out there. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell my story to the kids before the season starts. Like, guys, mm -hmm. you may be the best running back to ever play in an Appleton North uniform. But as a Charger, you might be asked to play right guard. <laughs> I, I don't know that, but you might. I, I was. Yeah. When I was your age, they asked me to play right guard. And I got great I, and what I learned from, you know, and, and kids will trust that you, because you just told them that I had hard conversations when I was their age and how it, how it transpired. I was an all state running back following that experience. And I do credit that as part of the reason. And so, um, it's, it's good that coaches become vulnerable and put their stories out there to the kids because the kids relate. Kids are smarter than we ever give them credit. That's really true, Nick, just just telling the story. And I, I hope the parents, I, I hope there's some parents that are listening to this that maybe take a look in the mirror and think about it and, and think about your side because it is okay to fail. I mean, what the hell? We, we fail all the time. You know, I'm, I'm word on the street is I'm a professional failer. So it's, it's, it happens. It's always going to happen. Just, I don't know how we fix it. And, and it's great. I mean, we, we could have a separate episode, Tosh, I'm on, on this and, and the stories that you could tell from, from teaching yeah. are identical to what Nick was just talking about. It's, it's a head scratcher. 
That's good. Teaching and coaching are the same thing. <laughs> right. No doubt. <laughs> really, truly are. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. <laughs> you're, and you're a winner in my book, Joe. Hey, thanks, Nick. <laughs> I got to write that chapter yet, but you're a winner in my, my book. <laughs> That'd be second edition. <laughs> yeah, right. No, this was great, Nick. I mean, we, I know we could talk for hours more. There's a heck of a lot more to talk about. And, you know, we'll, we'll have you back on the NoosaCast. There's some other subjects I think we, we want to talk to you about that, that would fit better and, and, and some, some episodes down the road. But this was a great story about the AYFA. It's, it, to me, it's, it's been an incredible story. I'm glad I got to live through it. I've actually learned a lot from it. Um, more than anything, you, you, you touched on it earlier, but what what you and Kip and and all of you guys taught me, and I've, I've, I've fundamentally tried to change this in my life, is just that you're defining every day as it comes. You, you don't know what what I don't you know you don't know how to solve every single problem that, that came along with the AYFA. You just did it. You figured out how to do it, and I try to apply that to my life, and that, that's really to me just personally. I took that from you guys, and I. I forever grateful for that that's awesome yeah it's it's been this is a ton of fun i i mean the, the football stories that you know we could tell are unbelievable i know you guys have that that um that old look at new i mean gosh you could go into some fo- football and you guys were living through the fo- how big football used to be in Appleton. Yeah. and that i mean an old look at new there are some stories that was my senior year, '93. Um, There's over 85, over 9,000 fans at that East-West game. Oh. They were, they were yep. six, seven deep all the way along the track. It was unbelievable, and that, and the, you know, that's that was football in Appleton in the '90s. An old look at new Tosh, rip but, off the segment. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, I appreciate the personal side that you brought to this as well. Um, not just about the football, but about the personal side of you and uh, what you brought into it as well. I, th- I think that was uh, fantastic, and I think the listeners are really going to enjoy that. I hope so. It's it's interesting. People find it interesting, I guess. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, there's the, the, the thing I'll always leave is I, I, I'm never a guy that sat on my hands when I saw a need to do stump, something. And so that's I think that's what drives me is um, – I don't want to be known as that guy that sat back and watched a situation I couldn't help. Pretty sure that should be written on your tombstone, Nick, and about a hundred years from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, it's fitting though, and I, actually, I think that that's one of the more prideful things I I look back at um, as I close in on fifty uh, is that I really have um, really tried to not sit on my hands and make those around proud to be you know apart and because again I, I i did not do any of this alone any of it it was all great people that believed in my story believed in what i was trying to do and and made this all work i, I you know i i don't deserve all the credit it's because it, there were some wonderful amazing people that did just as much work um and and committed to it and by getting them to buy in it was you know it was possible
Well, Tash, how about we take an old look at new? What do you say? That sounds good. It's always a, a good segment. A little bit of history is always fun. Absolutely. It's it's actually my f- most favorite segment of the show. So what do you have, Tash? What are you looking at here in, in the new? It's hockey season in my household. So I'm going to go take a look back at uh, it's kind of hockey related, but November 20th, 1928, uh, it was the opening of the Boston Gardens. And the Montreal Canadiens played the Boston Bruins and beat the Bruins one nothing. But the Boston Garden, that's a legendary oh. building for sure. I mean, for, for us, I mean, you, I, the hockey, absolutely just an incredible. Yeah. I probably lean just slightly more towards basketball and the parquet floor right. and Larry absolutely. Bird and those epic battles with the Lakers and Magic Johnson and the, and the bad boys in Detroit and just – you know, the short shorts and the physical, the elbows to the freaking head. And well, you know, what the heck? We had Bill Walton, right, Tash? You know, uh, right, absolutely. The former Celtic to play in that building. So, heck yeah. Yeah. At the, Legendary building for sure. 1928. And of course, my favorite band and, and, you know, one of Fish's breakout shows very early on in their career was in the uh, Boston Garden. So that was, that's kind of cool as there well. Yes, yes. Excellent. So, what do you got, Joe? Well, Tash, it's it's uh, it's not sports related, but it's very near and dear to my heart, um, and, and I thought it deserved an old look at new, and and that's it's it's the Appleton North Theater Department, um, which is just I have become I'm, I'm becoming knowledgeable and just how legendary, how absolutely incredible this program is, but I specifically want to want to take a look at the state theater festival. And, and for all intents and purposes, we've, you know, we've just finished up the, the WIAA state football championships and the volleyball uh, a week or so before, you know, those are all big things. Everybody knows what the state football championship is, but I'm sure very few people know what the state theater festival is. And the Appleton North theater department is absolutely dominant in this category they just won the 25th consecutive critics choice award and that's basically equivalent to winning the d1 championship football it'd be like a 25 game 25 straight state championships so you you think of, of kimberly 70 you know or whatever straight wins that was not 25 state championships now be it less games but still nonetheless it it's just an incredible feat so uh, this, but this festival, it's, it's, it's incredible, the criteria and what they have to do because it pulls athletics and everything into it. What it is, Tash, is they have 40 minutes. You start with an empty stage. You get 40 minutes. You bring in the set. You do the play. You clear the set. There can't be even a drop of water left on the stage. You're disqualified. You can't go one second over 40 minutes, 30 seconds. If you're at 40 minutes, 31 seconds, you're disqualified. It's incredible. The, the show that they put on, they, they, they put on a state send-off last week that, that I was able to go to, and I have never been so transformed almost. Than, I mean, you and I have been to some incredible events. I you know, always speak of my fondness of, of music and fish shows, and you get transformed into those. It was the same feeling here to see what they pulled off the production and how they did it, and, and it's, it's absolutely incredible. So... They won it again this year. There, there's, there's two. 
th this festival to give you an idea of the size there's 2000 high school students participate in it every every year okay. so it, it's quite a few we're not talking just a few kids it's that's quite a bit and it's 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 the full state and um you know less than half of the competing schools even qualify um you know, for the festival, for, you know, for this yeah. each level. So pretty incredible. And I, I thought well-deserving of an old look at new and, you know, selfishly as a dad, I'm super proud of my daughter, Amelia, who is a part of this program, had a beautiful part in, uh, in metamorphosis, which, which was the one act that they put on. So um, salute to those guys. Um, bravo. It well-deserved. And if anybody's ever looking for anything to do, check out Appleton North's production. They've got Anastasia is going to be their musical coming up, and it's so, so well worth it. So bravo great. to them. Yeah, that's excellent. They do a great job out there. Ron Parker is fantastic. So, yeah, check out check out Appleton North, uh, you know, all the high schools as well. Yes. They all do some really good things. So yes. fantastic stuff. That's an excellent look at look at some history there 27 years wow yeah that's incredible unbelievable well tosh this is a classic red smith banquet throwback 1988 an absolute legendary football player you know from the 50s from the 60s baltimore colt art donovan yeah, I mean, not only, let's face it, not only a legendary football player, but a legendary personality. Yeah. You know, I remember, you remember him on David Letterman's show? I think he appeared like 10 times on the Letterman show. Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show. And just, he would have everybody in stitches laughing from the get-go. Just, you know, bigger than life personality. So I had to tell you guys a story about art and, and this is 88, Tosh. You and I graduated high school in this year. My dad was the chairman of the banquet, and I remember Art Donovan coming. And Art got in. So the banquet was on Tuesday. Art got in on Sunday. And part of Art's contract, Art, Art was one of the Miller Miller Light guys. Uh, that, that's that that's how he came to, to, to come here. In his quote contract, he he needed a, an eighteen pack, a case and a half of beer every night. So Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, then he left Wednesday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, he needed you know room service had to deliver eighteen cans of, of beer for Art Donovan. He would just crush those and hold court. So he had the suite, one of the suites at the Paper Valley Hotel overlooking Jones Park. And I can remember this vividly. Bob Lloyd was there and Art Donovan, and he's just sitting there telling stories of the good old days of the 60s and the 50s and just playing NFL <laughs> football and just crushing beer. And 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 he was one of those guys. I mean, he it's not like he was just getting drunk and getting lit. He was just Art Donovan just holding court, telling stories. And it was just one of those nights that, that obviously I, I'm, I'm – it should be a forgetting and never forgotten, Tash. It was that good. <laughs> yeah, I, these guys who who played during that time um, just it's amazing because they weren't getting paid a no. ton. Many of them worked other jobs, and uh, the stories that can tell you're going to hear these stories with Art Donovan during this throwback. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. 
and you know, go back and check out some clips of him. He is he is a bigger than life character. Oh, he was absolutely get a tell off your eyes because you're just gonna laugh. It's Art Donovan, folks. Enjoy. It's 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 one of our favorites. One of the best throwbacks we've had to date. Art Donovan. <laughs> Red Smith Sports Awards Banquet Throwback. The Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin and also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. Start moving down around my 30-yard line, 
And here he comes out of the huddle and Pelican's hollering, don't let him score, kill him, kill him, you know, Kanaki, he's going on screaming and hollering, and his quarterback, he takes the time out. He says to Pelican, I don't want to be out here either. <laughs> and that was the end of the game. <laughs> About two months ago, I went up to Fisco, New York. The FBI agents, former and present, that were in the Marine Corps, had a two-day Marine birthday. They invited me up here, an old World War II Marine. They invited me up to say a few words and to get an award. And I want to tell you something. If I ever had faith in this great country of ours, is when they had four Medal of Honor Award winners, they had a colonel that spent seven years in the Vietnamese prison, and when they came in, and all these young guys, and they paraded in front of the command of the Marine Corps, I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, I was the proudest day I've ever been in America. Thank you very much. All right, that was an amazing throwback all the way back to 1988 with Art Donovan. Yes. Um, yeah. Great personality, great guy to have. Uh, hope you enjoyed that segment. But we also have one of our favorite segments coming up, Joe. What do you say, Tash? Play a little Forgetting and Forgotten? Absolutely. It sounds good. Giddy up. Joe, uh, what what have you uh what do you want to forget? What is your forgotten for this week? Well, Tash, I definitely forgot. I tell you it was a tough week this past week. You know, we you mentioned last week the clock's changing and damn it hit me this week, man. It was tough to work because as a letter carrier, man, you forget how tough it is to work in the dark. You've, you've got to throw a headlamp on at four o'clock. It's really hard to see. You know, five o'clock feels like it's midnight and there's not a soul left yeah. in the world. It's it. Uh, everything slows down. And, and, you know, this is the time of year for us where the volume picks up. So it's uh, that's not a good combination. <laughs> that makes for some long days and the old body's feeling it. That's for sure. So, yeah. Um, I had forgotten that I need to whip myself into shape and eventually you get just used to working in the dark. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, M Melissa's parents know and all that working in the dark sucks, but you know, there's just some jobs that you have to do. And, 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 you know, where we live, it's just, that's the way it is these days. But That's true. That is absolutely true. And I, I'm going to kind of play off that. Yeah. You mentioned that time kind of slows down and this time of year, I feel that like time is speeding up. I said, like, you don't have enough time to do everything we want to Yeah. Uh, with the holidays and everything popping through. And, you know, you, you know, it's coming, you know, the holidays are coming up and you just always, I always forget the, how much things speed up and how much you have to do and how much you have to continue to do uh, over this time. And so, yeah, I want to forget the uh, hustle and bustle of the holidays and just let it get back to being nice and easy. Yeah. That's a wish Tash, but isn't that weird though with time? <laughs> because it's, it's, you, you can feel both things like multiple things, like in, in the moment, in the day, yeah. it can feel like stuff is just dragging, taking forever. But then you're right. It's like, dude, it's Thanksgiving, you know, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Well, how the hell did we get here? Yeah. And I thought it was just yeah. summer. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's unbelievable. I mean, the holidays, there's just, it's a lot that goes on and, and I don't know, we just got to take it in and it, right. It is what it Absolutely. is and just enjoy it and put on a smile and uh, off you go. <laughs> That's right. All right, Joe. So what are you never forgetting? Well, Tash, I, the world we live in is so freaking nuts. I can't even believe it. 
So the Beatles released a new song. It's on Spotify. Yeah. Brand new song. Now and then. That legit Beatles new release. Like John, Ringo, Paul, George, the whole like the Beatles released a new new tune with, with the help of, of AI. Uh, with with a long lost tape that was found that that they worked on in the seventies, worked on again in the nineties. Uh, you know, my understanding is that Lennon's uh, voice track could never really match up with the piano track, and, and AI and this new technology is able to isolate each of those individually and to pull yeah. out. And um, you know, Paul and Ringo then get together, you know, a couple whatever a year or two ago in the studio and kind of just work with it and add their things to it, and it's just it's a legit tune i mean i i listened to it mm -hmm. i actually listened to it a few times getting ready for this show just to just to hear it and it's it's i don't know man it's unbelievable isn't it it's just uh, it's yeah I, I never know what to think about ai i don't i think it's just we're gonna have to buckle up our seatbelts. this is gonna be absolutely insane technology for us to live through but i tell you yep. what um you know maybe that's ringo calling me right now um <laughs> uh to give us this i mean to give us a new beatles tune after yeah Unbelievable, isn't it? That that whole technology is is through all genres as well. Yeah. Um, my son Ethan was playing some music. Um, he was, uh, and I thought it was Travis Scott. And he goes, "It's not Travis Scott. That's an AI voice singing the entire track." Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot there's a lot of it out there that he is. Yeah, AI's. It, you know, it's 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 out there. It's it's going to be a, be a player here. So you can, don't have to sing. You can just AI. The entire musical track, which is crazy, but hey, it's kind of interesting. We'll have to see what happens with it. Tasha, if we're ever just in a spot where we just don't have any content for a show, we'll have to do an AI-generated newscast and and see if the folks see if the folks even know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, how about you, Tash? What's uh, what's never well, forgotten in your world? We're coming up to Thanksgiving, and one of the traditions we used to have as a family, and it still kind of continues here and there. Um, is the uh, Festival Foods Turkey Trot. And I, I yeah. believe we met a few times yes. pulling kids in wagons, oh, having yeah. dogs, and uh, being out in the cold and the snow. I think one year it was really, there's a ton of snow. That's right. Um, but mm -hmm. my wife and nephew are going out this year, and uh, they're going to do the turkey trot. And, you know, it was just, it was, the tur turkey trot is just a f an awesome family time. Um, it's been through, you know, lots of different areas where they've walked over the course of the years, but, um, it's just, it's just a good time. It's a good time to be with family get some exercise before you sit down and load up on Turkey and, uh, all that good, good Thanksgiving food and watch some football. But yeah, it was always a, it was always a tradition. We did it for a number of years and then boys got a little older and it was a little bit more sporadic. But yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely, Tasha. I loved it when we did that together. That was great. I mean, what a perfect way to start off Thanksgiving, right? There's nothing to really do in the morning. Right. I mean, obviously the parade's on, and we taught parades last week, but uh, it's still on when when after the turkey trot. It's I I absolutely love that. You know, when there's been some fantastic mornings. You're right. We had that snow the one year, but usually it's nice, nice sunrise. You're on the avenue. The the right. route's nice. You know, it's you feel good. Um, yeah. You know, and and. We've had dogs on the route. It works well with, with dogs, at least most dogs, <laughs> unless you have a basset hound. It might not quite work as well as we found out last year, uh, Hazel. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's all good. No, it it's a great event. 
it's really it's you know for a lot of people it's a tradition on on thanksgiving a really Absolutely. cool tradition so i'm not going to be in it this year unfortunately but um when this drops on thursday morning hopefully i'm with a couple of my boys uh working out at crunch actually we we have an early morning workout uh meeting that day so i'm kind of looking forward to that as well excellent but yes dash enjoy or at least melissa yeah enjoy is she uh, she doing <laughs> the run or the walk just the walk yeah yeah, yeah. the, the run yeah. is cool because it actually it goes by my house so i uh oh excellent I, uh, but when they're not there i'll sit with the dogs in the window and watch the people run by uh, while drinking <laughs> nice. coffee and uh, you know listening to the noosa cast there you go yes. well that was that was our f and f for the week hope you enjoyed it Thank you for listening to another great episode of the NoosaCast. We'd really appreciate it if you'd hit up our social pages, subscribe, like, follow, and don't be afraid to engage. Head over to our YouTube channel to get exclusive content like the full interviews and speeches from past Red Smith banquets. Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thank you to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Help us grow by subscribing wherever you get your pods or sharing the NoosaCast. Follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram. One of the best ways to help us grow is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and bring greater awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeast Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays Grant, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes. 